Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 31 of Stick Signals. You're listening to the official podcast of the World of Outlaws, Morton Building's Late Model Series, and Dirt Car Racing. Hi, everyone. My name is Ruben Morales, your host for Stick Signals. Thank you so much for stopping on by and listening to this episode of Stick Signals, no matter what platform you're listening to it. Uh, don't forget, make sure to share this with your friends, family, coworkers. Uh, spread the word on stick signals let's grow this podcast it's honestly been growing uh, getting a lot of positive feedback and we thank you fans so so much especially from the bottom of my heart and i'm sure from the bottom of mike and mick's heart as well thank you so much for listening to stick signals it's just a joy to do this it's what we love to do and uh, you are the reason why we're doing this you the one listening to this right now yes Thank you. We appreciate you. Anyway, welcome on in, everybody. Uh, lots of news to catch up on, although we haven't been racing. It feels like we haven't raced in a long time, and it really has been a long time. It's supposed to be race week, but unfortunately, it's race week eve, which is honestly a good thing. I mean, I'm just happy we're going to get back to a racetrack. Unfortunately, this weekend's event, as we told you last week on episode 30, I, I ended the podcast by saying... We'll be talking about the Rev on episode 31. Well, unfortunately, due to tire shortages, World of Outlaws, Morton Building's late model series and track officials have postponed the September 24th and 25th event at the Rev to 2022. Officials did not want to position teams and the Speedway in a manner that couldn't put on a quality racing program due to an industry-wide lack of tire production. So if you purchase tickets for the Rev, tickets will be rolled over to the rescheduled event in 2022 once the new dates are announced. Fans unable to attend can request a refund. And nonetheless, as I mentioned, it is race week eve. And also other news, we're not going to see more Tennessee. No, no 411 Motor Speedway for us next weekend. Unfortunately, uh, I really loved 411, but unfortunately we won't be there. So now we're going to Sonoya Raceway. Before we start talking about Sonoya, because we'll talk about this more into detail uh, next week on episode 32 for sure. How about this? Uh, let's do a little trivia here. So put your thinking caps on here. I'll give you two seconds to put your thinking cap on. There you go. All right, you got it on. Perfect. How, we, this is our third visit to Sonoya. Which driver from Sonoya, Georgia, has not won with the Outlaws? At, in fact, let me put it this way. Which driver from Sonoya, Georgia, has 12, 12 Outlaw wins? Which, which driver has 12 Outlaw wins from Sonoya, Georgia. If you said Ashton Winger, that's wrong. Winger has two, and he got a second one this year, which, by the way, we will see Winger at Sonoya this weekend. That's none other than Clint Smith. And how about this? Clint Smith, congratulations to Clint Smith for being in inducted to the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame uh, this year. The Cat Daddy. Congratulations to Clint Smith. Uh, one of the legends in our sport of Dirt Lake Model Racing. Really cool. Uh, I actually have a Clint Smith diecast. It's really cool. Um, if you don't know who Clint Smith is, you're not a late model fan. I even know who Clint Smith is, and I'm from New Mexico. Come on. Let's... let's <laughs> Get educated. You're Clint Smith uh, from Sonoya Raceway, from Sonoya, Georgia. It's really cool. He has 12 outlaw wins, and uh, he just got in in inducted to uh, the National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame. On the other hand, another driver from Sonoya, uh, Georgia, Ashton Winger, coming off a hot sixth 
wins this summer with the Dirt Cars Summer Nationals. Uh, he's going to be in the house at Sonoya, hoping for his third Outlaw feature uh, win. That would be awesome if Ashton Winger could get it done. That will be big. He's been an absolute heater. Nonetheless, it will be the third visit to Sonoya Raceway. And we talk about Chris Madden being on a little dry spell here. He clean sweeped Port Royal Speedway uh, before the Dirt Lake Model Dream. And he obviously turned a lot of heads going into Eldora for the Dirt Lake Model Dreams earlier this season. And uh, he hasn't won since then with the Outlaws. But, I mean, he's been so good, though. He's either finished one car ahead of Shepard or he's finished one position right behind Shepard. Like, it's it's been so consistent between him and Shepard. But nonetheless, top two in points going into Sonoya, splitting the wins at the history. First ever visit for the Outlaws to Sonoya was 2017. Brandon Shepard picked up the win. And that's another new note that we're going to talk about with Shepard here in just a moment. Chris Madden, though, won in 2018, last time the Outlaws were there. Mike Warren did a cool story on uh, the worldofoutlaws.com website on Ashton Winger, and he talked about um, him racing Chris Madden a lot of times at Sonoya, and he says every time he's there, he's always racing Madden for the lead. So it's not out of the equation that Madden could possibly clean sweep this upcoming weekend. We talk about the Mike Duvall Memorial. I just talked about Clint Smith. How about the Mike Duvall Memorial? This was one of the events that I got to work last year, and I really like it working this event because – I always talk about the Southern drivers like Brandon. Oh, for God's sakes, Brandon Overton just won two dreams in a world here in 2021. He just won 50 grand in Texas. Like Overton is having one hell of a year this year, guys. And Brandon Overton, is one of the best to come out of the South. You look at other Southern drivers. How about Jimmy Owens, uh, Jonathan Davenport? And you, you go, you go deeper and deeper. Clint Smith and Mike Duvall. Mike Duvall won a World 100. How about that? Like these Southern guys are really, really good. Dale McDowell, uh, all these guys, Chris Madden. Like these Southern guys are really good. And it's not in the equation. I say Southern drivers clean sweep this upcoming weekend with the Outlaws next weekend at at Cherokee and the Rev. I say Overton and Madden win them. Anyway, we'll do picks and talk more about those tracks next week. But nonetheless. It's not out of the equation that Madden can't win one. I mean, Charlotte, it's up for grabs. Charlotte is Charlotte. That's going to be a curveball, which, by the way, they've done a lot of great things there. We'll talk about Charlotte in a little bit. But going back to Sonoya, Shepard, I mean, yes, he can win there, but Chris Madden, I think he, he has to win at least one more Morton Buildings feature event before the season is said and done. And I say Madden has a great shot, obviously, at Cherokee. He lives 15 minutes from Cherokee and Sonoya. And then, obviously, Brandon Overton, you can't count him out. So uh, Southern drivers are just so good, and I feel like, you know, it doesn't really get talked much about. I mean, like, we went to, where was it? It was, um I believe it was Dav, no, it wasn't Davenport. It was track earlier this season. It was tough, and it was all Southern, po- it was a Port Royal. That's right, it was Port Royal. Southern podium in Port Royal, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Like these Southern guys are good. And I I love going down to the South. If you haven't been to an outlaw event this season, you really got to go check it out. The big screen. I know if you've been watching on dirt vision, you have the luxury of replays and all this cool stuff where you go to the track and you have all that there as well. We have the big dirt vision, big, big screens. Uh, A lot of cool features have been added. You get your programs, all that other cool information there. And it's really cool. Uh, Just the outlaw events have really changed with the fan engagement stuff as well. It's starting to pick up going into next year too. It's going to be really cool. So if you haven't been to an outlaw event, make sure to start uh, circling your calendar. We have Cherokee, Sonoya, and then obviously that enormous event featuring the greatest shows on dirt, uh, the world finals, which we'll talk about here in just a few moments. But yeah, third visit to Sonoya. How cool would it be to see Ashton Winger win one too? That'd be awesome. Uh, let's we'll talk about uh, our drivers. What happened this past weekend? We'll give a little recap there. But nonetheless, uh, we talk about the Rev being postponed. But it is um, 
uh, unfortunate due to the tire shortage. Nonetheless, uh, we'll be there in 2022. Uh, Sonoya, fun place, slick, top to bottom. Mike Duvall Memorial, we talked about that. News and notes, World Finals right around the corner with the World of Outlaws. Get your tickets now for the NGK NTK World of Outlaws World Finals at the Dirt Track at Charlotte in Concord, North Carolina. Get event info uh, on World of Outlaws worldofoutlaws.com get your tickets as well uh, it's going to be an enormous event remember last year was the last call uh, and obviously I, 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 everyone was bummed out about that because it wasn't world finals I've never experienced a true world final so if it's your first time going I'm right there with you like I'm super excited to see the Super Dirt Car Series the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series and of course the most powerful late models on the planet all four wide on the track with fireworks going off and the stands packed let's make this one of the biggest NGK NTK World of Outlaws World Finals ever. Let's just make it big. Let's come back, bring the party. Let's fans start getting the the, the plans for tailgating and all. Let's just make it a big party. The World Finals is going to be super fun this year. More information at worldofoutlaws.com. Other little news and notes to talk about. Uh, the Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia Speedway Park starts one day earlier next year. Instead of starting on Tuesday, we're going to start Monday, February 7th. So if you already planned a booking and uh, travel, stuff like that, you might want to take a second look at that. We're starting a day earlier on Monday, February 7th. That's uh, kind of the news here with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series. Obviously, always keep up to date with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And obviously, next year's schedule should be coming out soon. And uh, we hope to see you at future Outlaw events. And of course, if you can't be there, watch every lap live on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Absolutely amazing. Go on there. If you have the fast pass, you go out there and see the vault. Uh, a bunch of cool exclusive stuff and exclusive content. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool stuff. Go check it out there. Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Well, let's talk about our drivers. Uh, a couple of them, Brent Larson uh, crewing for his son. And uh, there was also an article that Mike Warren posted um, not too long ago, about a couple days ago, and uh, talking about Brent Larson taking this weekend off. And you know, he's been having a pretty good year considering, you know, all the changes. He switched to Rocket Chassis this year. We talk about that. Got Donnie Birdwell as a crew chief. I mean, for God's sakes, he was doing great evolution at the beginning of the year. Got that awesome uh, podium finish. Almost won at Mississippi Thunder Speedway. Like Brent Larson has been fun to watch. Why? Because I preach it all the time with the Dirt Car Summer Nationals. One of my favorite things, for example, great example this year, Ashton Winger. Ashton Winger went out there and destroyed everything he had in the trailer the first two weeks. After that, turned it around and bam, look at that. He got a ride with Hatcher's Motorsports for the Baltus Classic and the Worlds. Like, how cool is that for Ashton Winger? Like, my point is, I love seeing improvement. And Brent Larson is one of those guys that I get to sit down and talk to every outlaw race. And I ask him like, Hey Brent, what's new? He's like, Oh, we did these little adjustments. Like he's building one. I like to put it one Lego at a time. He's building slowly and he's getting better and better. And it's really cool. So, uh, now we talked about it in episode 14. If you're new to stick signals, we've interviewed a lot of, our, we've interviewed all our drivers. Uh, you go down there and learn, uh, go through the, um, past episodes episode 14 we talked to brent larson and we also talked about how his son becoming a second generation driver well this past weekend brent larson took the weekend off from super late model racing and he went to go crew for his son and he just loves seeing the improvements with his son he loves coaching him seeing his improvements how fast he's adapting how fast he's learning and that's pretty cool for matthew uh, larson his son uh, to get into racing now and seeing these upcoming generation drivers that's pretty cool like one day we're gonna see uh you know addison and jason in, in, in a car one day you know um <laughs> brandon Shepard's kids like that's gonna be really cool like 
we already see Jace in a quarter midget, which is really cool. Uh, you know, just seeing these up and coming stars uh, one day follow the footsteps, kind of like how we saw with Craig Kinzer, with Steve Kinzer. You know what I mean? Or we saw the, you know, the other guy, Billy Moyer Jr. with Billy Moyer, uh, you know, Ashton Winger with his dad. You know, it's it's pretty cool to Bobby Pierce with Bob Pierce. You know, the list goes on and on and on. But uh, nonetheless, it's really cool. Brandon Shepard obviously did not take the weekend off. Brandon Shepard's a wheel man. He's a racer. He's going to race. Uh, finished fifth in Knoxville. Congratulations to him. Brandon Shepard, obviously. Big note, I was going to talk about him. Uh, if he, How about this? If he wins, he, he's one step closer. This is going to be one of my Dynamite Fees facts already. He is one step closer. He has 77 career Morton Building feature wins. If Shepard wins at least one race next weekend, he will have 78 wins. And you're probably saying, Ruben, okay, 78 wins. So what? He ties Josh Richards for the number one spot with the most wins in World of Outlaws. Like, Josh Richards is the all-time winner. Four-time champ, only four-time champ, with 78 wins. Brandon Shepard has 77. One step closer if he wins, he ties Richards. And guess what? Mark Richards will have 104. 56 wins with that Rocket One house car. That is absolutely unreal. Just between Shepard and Richards. That is amazing. He has 155 wins right now, and obviously Shepard right now has the points lead uh, with the series going into the final four races of the season. Like, Mark Richards is about to have eight World of Outlaws championships. That is absolutely mind-blowing. And, you know, oh, man, like, Nobody can just come and do that. That is absolutely crazy. And that's pretty cool to see that. Witnessing a lot of history this year. Uh, so yeah, Shepard, if he wins, he ties Josh Richards. If he clean sweeps the weekend, he passes Richards. Can he pass Josh Richards on the all-time win list uh, this year with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series? Nonetheless, that'll be pretty cool. Ricky Weiss. How about Ricky Weiss? Now, here's, here's one thing that you got to keep in mind. When our drivers race with us, obviously... The, there, there's extra weight and extra stress on these guys because they're points racing. When these guys go race other sanctioning bodies, other big national events, they don't have to worry about points. Ricky Weiss, how about this? Third at Knoxville. Got a third place at Knoxville. Like, Ricky Weiss did outstanding. This is a team that went back, regrouped, reorganized. They finally settled into their new shop. Like, we, we've talked about it all season long. Ricky Weiss has just been battling... Um, you know, a, a lot. And this team hasn't been organized uh, and they've been drinking out of a fire hose to say the least. Like that's the best way I can put it. And it's awesome to see Ricky Weiss go represent the outlaws and finish third at Knoxville. That's, that's pretty awesome to see Ricky Weiss getting that sniper chassis going. And obviously that's a brand new sniper. He had to get in after uh, uh, having issues with the other one. So that's pretty cool for Ricky Weiss getting this program back going with five races left this season, going into the off season, you know, the driving extreme stuff. Maybe he'll run some of that. We don't know what Ricky Weiss is going to do this off season, but coming into next year, he's going to be more prepared and ready uh, than ever. He's going to be more prepared than he's ever have been in the past. And it's going to be interesting to see Ricky Weiss, see that old Ricky Weiss that we're used to the past two years, that consistent upfront running Ricky Weiss, because he's been good but just not consistent. And I think that consistency is going to start to come back. Congratulations to him. Third at Knoxville, Tyler Bruning. We, we talked about him. Uh, I mean, the last two races that we had at Livonia and volunteer, I mean, Livonia, he about won his first outlaw feature. He was so good. Marshall green hit on something. We talk about, uh, the 16 of Bruning. He's really got on the radar. He's a, he's getting on a heater right? he finished 18th at Knoxville, but I mean, 
He about won at Livonia. Let's not forget about the track he's never even been to. Way out of his region from Iowa to Georgia. Like he had never even been there. And he about won his first outlaw feature. Him and Marshall Green and Shane Clanton with Capital Race Cars. I say this all the time. It's the only he's the only Capital Race Car on the series. Like that is hard. If you run a rocket, you go talk to Madden. You go talk to Brent Larson. You go talk to Brandon Shepard. You could go talk to Ryan Gustin and get some notes. You know what I mean? Bounce some ideas off of each other. But he has a Capital. He, he can't go talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Nobody else runs a Capital unless there's somebody like Shane Clanton that shows up and races with him. But like, that's off to Bruning. He's starting to get on a heater. It's going to be very interesting what Bruning could do on these final five races. He knows he has that rookie point lead. It's looking good for him right now. So uh, yeah, Bruning raced this past weekend, 18th in Knoxville. Ryan Gustin, uh, before the world, they went to Rocket. They're uh, getting regrouped, reorganized. They got. They went, also went to Knoxville. They got 28th there. So Gustin... Uh, how I said, they sold all their modified stuff. He's another guy we interviewed on Stick Signals. Go back and check it out on a previous episode. Uh, this guy is committed to the late model world, and he has a good team. We talk about team chemistry being big, and he has a well-set team. Brett and Noah do a fantastic job. They've been together for years. They got those 102 USMTS wins together. They were, they've were they been on the road together for a long time, and there's a good team chemistry there. This is um, Yes, he may not win the Rookie of the Year, but so what? Set your goals higher. Go for that Outlaw Championship. Uh, you don't have to win the Rookie of the Year to win a championship. You could always come back next year. I'd be really good. And Gustin, I, I talked to him, and I, I plead this case all the time. If you live west of the Mississippi River, it is so hard to win an outlaw championship just because you've never been to these tracks. Like, all these tracks are completely new. He had never even raced on red clay before. Like, he actually went and, went and raced the Cherokee a month before we went the first time. And uh, he, he wants to get better. And this team is committed to the late model world. And, yeah, Gustin's another guy that could, you know, get on the heater, could win any given night. He's good on the slick. He's good on the heavy. You name it, Gustin will be there. Uh, Dennis Herb Jr., Took off weekend. He raced at Falls during the week, finished 12th there after the world. Uh, Chris Madden went to Texas. They always say everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, by the way, Texas does have the best barbecue. I'm sorry, Carolina Q. I'm sorry. In Tennessee barbecue, but Texas does have the best barbecue. <laughs> anyway, Chris Madden wrecked in Texas on the third lap. It was a vicious wreck. Everything is bigger in Texas, they say. Well, guess what? The wreck was definitely bigger. Madden taking this upcoming weekend off to regroup, reorganize him, Steve and Ricky all going to get back to work. And uh, it was just unfortunate. It would end up finishing 23rd at Texas Motor Speedway. And uh, Madden, don't count him out how I said. He can win at Cherokee and Sonoya. That, that'd be awesome uh, to see Chris Madden uh, go out there and win again for sure. So he's uh, taking the weekend off, regrouping, reorganized, getting ready for the final swing of the tour. And Brent Larson, excuse me, uh, Boom Briggs went to Texas Motor Speedway as well, finished 15th. Pretty good to see Boom go all the way to Texas. Um, uh, he obviously wants to get better. He, he's been really getting a lot of help from a shock manufacturer. He's been doing a lot of good things, and he's he has a lot of good resources going for him right now. And Boom Briggs, expect him to get that first uh, Morton Buildings feature win soon uh, for sure because he's really getting faster and getting better. The technology, he's uh, keeping up with it. And uh, Boom Briggs, just getting comfier and comfier. We talk about another driver. Uh, that's why I got confused with Brent Larson because Brent switched to Rocket. Boom Briggs switched to Rocket. Like, we had two drivers switch to Rocket chassis this year, and uh, he's been really good. So, there you go. That's what's happening in the world with the World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model Series drivers. A lot of them going to race this weekend. Some of them take the weekend off and get ready for um, Sonoya and the Mike Duvall Memorial at Cherokee, which, by the way, you can watch every lap live on Dirt Vision presented by Dryden. Well, that's really going to do it for me on this episode, but 
The Outlaws are off this weekend, so we're going to cross over into the world of the Northeast Modified Racing. We're going to talk about the experience and thoughts of big blocks and those type of mods uh, happening up in the Northeast. There's this big thing called a Super Dirt Week coming up. Obviously, I'm not very familiar with it, so I'm going to let Mike and uh, Mick take care of it, and they're going to talk to some of our friends from the Northeast uh, that love the Super Dirt uh, Car Series and all that stuff up there in the Northeast, and uh, kind of get you educated on that. Obviously, it's a dirt car as well, so... Uh, this podcast is World of Outlaws and Dirt Car. We'll talk about that. And as with that, I'll send it off to them as they'll have Joe, Mick, Mike. Take it away, my friends. We're here with Joe Grabanowski, the PR coordinator for the Super Dirt Car Series and Dirt Car Northeast. And Joe, first off, hard to believe we're only a couple of weeks away from the Super Bowl of racing in the Northeast. Super Dirt Week. Yeah, all year long, uh, we we have a road, you know, to Super Dirt Week with our uh, $10,000 to win um, Napa Super Dirt Week qualifiers. And so we're constantly reminded of the importance of that event. And um, so, yeah, once we get here uh, towards late September, we have even more qualifiers coming up with uh, Albany Saratoga Speedway on Saturday. Uh, the Demon 100, um, the Tuesday before the Billy Whitaker Cars 200 um, during Super Dirt Week. That is going to be uh, a highly sought after final guaranteed spot. Uh, so we've got some racing to go, but it's it's pouring uh, full speed right into uh, October. Now, it's hard to believe we've gotten to this point, like I said, but, you know, for Super Dirt Week, you know, I know a lot of people know me as a late model guy now, but I have those Northeast roots. I mean, this means a lot to everybody. I mean, I remember, you know, taking vacation, pretty much my whole vacation was Super Dirt Week for a number of years. I would take days off from classes and say, screw that, I'm going to Super Dirt Week. I know, Joe, it's the same thing. This is just a big event for everyone in the Northeast overall. I mean, once I went to my first one in 1994, it be, it replaced Christmas. This is what I look forward to all year long. Um, you know, I thought about every single aspect of of Super Dirt Week. Um, you know, from the camping um, to to going to the races at the satellite events like Wheat Sports Speedway in Brewerton, um, and rushing back to the you know New York State Fairgrounds uh, to, to you know get there in time. Uh, you're always sort of uh, just on the chip, as you might put it, um, you know, to get around to see all the action that's happening. You know, Joe, Joe you just hit on it. One thing that um, stands out to me as someone from the Northwest who's been detached from all of this racing for most of my life um, is how sort of ingrained it is in um, your guys' childhood or, me or memory. And, and it seems to be that way with everybody involved with the event. I mean, Jeff Hackman, who is uh, their events director, I mean, he takes a huge stake in this personally. You guys all take a, a huge stake in this personally. What does it mean for you as a kid that came up going to Syracuse like that to to now be a part of it like behind the scenes? Yeah, it's a literal dream come true. Um, I was bringing my little disposable camera around into the infield at the mile to take pictures of the cars at Manufacturer's Row, and you, you could you could see the guys working on the cars and setting them up and scaling them up close. And that was that was really as close as I got to the cars, at, you know, as a, as a little kid at that point. And now I'm taking photographs in Victory Lane and interviewing these drivers and being right there. Uh, that. That is a literal dream come true, and, and I have to pinch myself once in a while. Um, I can tell you that the first that the magic started honestly with the with a sprint car. Um, 1994, I got to the Syracuse Mile, walked into the infield, and Billy Pouch set the world record, and I heard it over the PA. 
and just hearing the words world record being set, you know, it really brought the whole thing. It made it even bigger. You know, it was already mm-hmm. the biggest thing in the world to me, but all of a sudden it was global in a way. And I didn't even really fully understand what this world record meant until, you know, later. Um, but the, yeah, that's really the, the my first moments uh, there at Super Dirt Week. Uh, how about you, Mike? Kind of same thing, I imagine. Mine was, I, I mean, I remember my first Super Dirt Week like it was yesterday. Now, I might have been to one when I was, you know, less than five years old that I don't remember. But because yeah. my first race was actually at the New York State Fairgrounds, but it was Labor Day weekend. Right. So and I was like a month old. So <laughs> th- th- this place had been engraved in me but no it was 2003 i remember alan johnson started like 42nd and ended up winning the race but i remember like there you know there was a pitch strategy involved where Mm -hmm. a guy almost won donnie rad out of new jersey almost won the race because the rain was coming it rained on lap 200 of that event oh wow but that was my first time there it's just a huge spectacle and it's it's awesome and and you know joe i'm sure you're on the same page with me on this one Yes, the Syracuse Mile, it, it's something none of us will forget. But, you know, we've had that transition to Oswego, and to me, it's still Super Dirt Week. Nothing's really changed. It really was an atmosphere that um, I wasn't sure could be matched. And in a way, we've been able to bring the the epic feeling of Super Dirt Week to Oswego. I mean, we're doing it in a city. We're doing it on a, a neutral territory where it, this is an asphalt track not meant for dirt, and we put dirt on it. And so no one's got a notebook other than these races. Um, it, it's totally a unique event. It's a, a unique facility itself um, with a huge back, backstretch grandstand. Um, one of the things about watching the races at the mile was you were in a massive grandstand and the track was so big that you had trouble sort of seeing everything, all the action that was happening. So you almost had to rely on the reaction of the crowd to figure out what was going on. So you'd hear a murmur and sort of yelling or something coming from one side of the crowd and it would ripple across the whole thing uh, until everyone sort of saw what was happening, uh, an, a blown engine or a flat tire, a hard rack. Uh, all those things brought people to their feet every time. And now when I'm looking out on this huge backstretch grandstand at Oswego uh, and the front stretch, which is covered like the old uh, fairgrounds grandstand was, um, I can feel that atmosphere again. And I can hear the crowd reactions. And, and that is always exciting. And, you know, I, I've said this for years. The You talk about atmosphere, just the feeling on Sunday at Super Dirt Week. It's like an aura. I don't know how to explain it. Like you could cut, I feel like you could cut the tension with a knife every day. It, it's one of the, I don't want to say it's the most relaxing days because it's not by any stretch of imagination, but it's a day where you like wake up and you're like, all right, we're going to do something big today. Yeah. And, it, and it's awesome. That's really the only way I can explain it. You know, I, I don't, I've only been to one. I've only been with the company since 2019. Obviously we didn't do it last year. We replaced it with Oktoberfest. Um, but I didn't know what I was getting into, you know, get sent to, to us. We go to help out and, yeah, you're right. The atmosphere all, all week is is very tense because there's, you know, you got to make the show. You got to make it through all these different wa- races and qualifiers to make it into the the 200. And uh Sunday does seem relaxed. It seems like okay, we've we've made it. Um it, it's just time to have fun and go out and do what we do f- from a racer's standpoint. Um I think also what makes the event unique is is how many classes run. Um h- how many classes there's four divisions that that run in Super Dirt Week. Yeah, and that's actually built, like a lot of that's been built up. So at Syracuse, for the longest time, you'd have qualifying day on Thursday. Then you'd only, and this is before they brought in the Musco lighting for Friday Night Lights, because mm-hmm. that never used to be a thing up until not that long ago. They'd run the qualifying races, the third, the triple 20s and the twin 20s on 
Friday, but it would only be for the big blocks and the small blocks. Right. So they just brought that in where the sportsmen started getting them, and then the pro stocks. Pro stocks would actually used to qualify at Rolling Wheels Raceway uh-huh. for the mile. <laughs> they changed that, which is a great call because the, the odd, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you get two different things, but. You know, just having those four divisions and, and, you know, I talked to Josh Coonrad and you'll see that in the Super Dirt Week program. You know, it's a Daytona 500 for these guys. Sure. For most of these guys. There's no question. I mean, you look at the big blocks, 50 grand to win. It's the biggest race of the year to etch your name into history in Super Dirt Week. Mm-hmm. You know, you got guys like Buzzy Rudiman, Jack Johnson, Brett Hearn, you know, guys who have all won this event and they want to be just like them. And I think Oswego, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that can walk away with a victory, and that's what makes it so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the multiple divisions really has always added flavor to Super Dirt Week. So the focus is always the 200. It's always the big blocks. But it's Super Dirt Week, and the big blocks aren't running constantly. So the Dirt Car 358 Modifieds always put on an amazing show. A lot of the big block guys, you know, they, they get into the 358s to, to race for some big money. It's also a great stepping stone for guys into big blocks, going from sportsmen up to big blocks. It's an affordable engine category. Um, the cars are identical, and you know they're able to race on the big stage at Oswego Speedway um, on Dirt Vision and in front of the biggest crowd and do it with a, an affordable and really racy car. And and don't forget, Joe, that. I believe it was 2018. We had two of the best races at Oswego, period, in the sportsman and the pro stocks. We had a pro stock race that came right down to the wire when CD Beauchamp beat Chucky Dembluski at the line on the last lap with a little bump and run. And then, you know, I remember back to the sportsman race. Shane Picor ended up winning it, but it could have been one of five different guys in lap traffic in the last five laps. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Watch. Wow. You know, most most of our listeners are are, are late model guys. Uh, Joe hit on a little bit. You mentioned to hear uh, the Sportsman 358s and and the big blocks are in fact pretty much the same car with different engine and suspension packets. Hit hit on that a little bit. What the differences are for, for a newbie uh, between all the modified divisions and the pro stocks? Correct. Um, so I'll start with the pro stocks. Really, it's it's the only full Thunder division in the North the Dirt Car uh, sanctioned Northeast. Um, you know, it's a crate engine. Um, it's sort of a, an OEM stock style uh, chassis. Um, they're able to do a lot with them. They actually have availability to get to four links, and you'll see a lot of these cars are you know, look pretty uh, jacked up mm-hmm. on the left rear because they're really twisting them up. Uh, other guys are still on Leafs, um, so you see a really radical difference in, in the way the cars are kind of um, riding through the corners um, uh, these days. It's 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 been a changing thing, but overall, man, these guys always put on an excellent show, um, and they travel around the country up to Quebec and uh, Ontario and all throughout you know New York. So they're an exciting division. Um, but the Dirkar Sportsman Modifieds also have a crate engine, and they are essentially identical to the 358s and big blocks, except they have uh, some different suspension rules in the back. Right. Um, so everybody's sort of uh, restricted uh, in, in the in the rear suspension, so they can't do the things that the big blocks and the, and the modified the 358s can do. Uh, but essentially, they're all the same. So you can. You can buy into this ladder system very affordably, mm-hmm. and uh, as it comes to Oswego, you know one of the big things about the mile was you had to have a special built car for the mile, and there was an excitement to that. Car guys brought out experimental cars; mm-hmm. they put a lot of money in their engines. Um, they were only made to race on the mile, 
and that was really cool. However, it it was a money game, and uh, you know Matt Williamson told me he brought his car that he raced at Humperstone all all year long uh, in 2018 and finished like eighth or something and didn't even put the quick fill in, just poured the gas in. Yeah. Um, so it, Oswego, it, it is possible to race your Saturday night car and do successful. Um, now he's bringing a brand new chassis this year, uh, but it, he said it's not hundred percent necessary. Like it was in the, in the past. What, uh, how long is the track at Oswego? Is it a half mile? It, it, you know, it's it's a five eighths, but okay. it, it's it's pretty wide. So you have to kind of think about where it's you know be, being measured from. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the, the dirt goes down um, and the way they prep it, we've been able to make it slick and racy. Um, so it's definitely a, a track that you know it isn't necessarily foreign to them, but it is neutral territory. It is overall. also a very technical surface because if you if you look at it when you're at the racetrack, like. Three and four is very wide and sweeping. One and two is is a lot tighter. I want to say a lot tighter because the difference because people are going to also going to think that are listening that are modified guys are going to think I'm just described Burton, but it's it's in a different way <laughs> that it's tighter in one and two and then it is in three and four, which you'll see during Super Dirt Week as uh-huh. well. But it's it's very technical. It's it's a whole different animal. And the pit entrance is on the back straightaway. Which yeah, is different. Right, You're not coming right. around turn four, so it makes things very interesting. And you know, Joe, one of the things that's also exciting about that 200 lapper, you I talk about pit stops. You always wonder who's coming in and what strategy it is. You know, it's a 200 lap race, but we have pretty much proven you do not. You can go on 200 laps on fuel. I wouldn't do that on tires, but right. you can go the whole way with fuel. I, I thought it was a Jimmy Phelps that proved that we couldn't make it on fuel. No, I believe he came in. He came in for a tire. If oh, I remember okay. right, and which if I'm wrong, it's the guy on pit road that got it wrong that day that year. <laughs> but no, I remember talking to uh, Matt Shepard's dad actually the year after, and he said, "Oh yeah, we could have made it. We just weren't going to test it." Mm. I think it's tough in the last 25 laps because you got to play the caution game a little sure. bit. Sure. Now, and uh, unlike a, a lot of events, it, they're live pit stops, right? There's not a, a halfway break where everybody comes in and pits, correct? We, we do have a, a new rule now where there will be a, an opportunity to come in and fuel up. So you so the quick fill is not mandatory, whereas gotcha. up until now, essentially, you, you needed it to do a, a really fast live pit stop to get the fuel. Uh, you can still have it as an advantage, so you could splash and go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there will be a break this year to allow for it. And by quick fill, you, you mean like a, like a dry brake system like you see in a, a NASCAR cup car or super late model yep. uh, on asphalt? Okay. Yep, and this is the only race they use them for, so I think they're trying to also in an effort to uh, open the racing up to the, your Saturday night cars, um, you know, you don't have to worry about buying this whole system. Right. You're only using once. Well, and, and that, that's wise because, you know, NASCAR has gone to a, a whole new generation of fuel heads, which are wicked expensive. Expensive, and I imagine the the ones those guys are using are, are getting harder and harder to find. You know, one of the cool things as we we get closer to this event too is just in all the divisions, like you said, the ladder system. You know, we've seen guys, Rocky Warner being the guy that's done it the most, winning the pro stocks, moving up and winning the sportsman, now running a modified. We're not sure if he's going to be there that weekend or not, but just to, you know, see that you know dave marcacelli's moved up the last couple of years he's won ronnie davis the third guys you know you see these guys build up and it, you know because they ascend in one event you get to see that ladder stepping stone which i think it's very unique compared to other racing events throughout sure, the country sure and you get to see a lot of these guys at your at your uh weekly racetracks so i grew up going to ransomville speedway and i got to see pete stefanski races dirt car pro stock there and then 
I would go to the Syracuse Mile and he was dancing on the roof in front of, you know, thousands of people. And it was yeah. unbelievable. So then, you know, when I went back to Ranceville and I, you get a little bit of that super dirt week, uh, you know, atmosphere when you saw your, you know, those guys that, that uh, succeeded there. Um, same thing going to any of the tour races that you felt a little bit like you're at super dirt week. And especially when the qualifiers matter, you, Get a taste of it every time. Talk a little bit about the the qualifiers and how that system works uh, as far as making it into the big show. So any race that pays $10,000 or more uh, awards a guaranteed start at Napa Super Dirt Week in the Billy Whitaker Cars 200. So if you win the race, you get it. Uh, if you've already won a race this year, the award goes to the next driver down, so second or third, whoever you know, doesn't have a guaranteed start. Um the way it works is that they will uh, – there, there are provisionals set aside um, for the drivers that have the guaranteed starts. Now, most of these guys, they've won races, so they should make it. This is more of an insurance policy for these top drivers. Uh, but what also makes it exciting is you, know, you might have a guy who's really good at Brewerton that only races there weekly, and he comes out on top of the series race – all of a sudden, he's kind of qualified, uh, a guaranteed start for, mm-hmm. for uh, Super Dirt Week. And there's always that uh, element to it as well. But other than that, they're probably going to qualify you know, through time trials, through their uh, Friday Night Lights races, or through the last chance qualifier. Probably, but you know, unless they have a massive engine failure or something like that, then they have to rely on it. But it's more of an insurance policy for these top guys. Right. And how many cars start the, the Billy Whitaker? 40. Wow. That, that's one of the unique and great things about this race is the roar of 40 big blocks no simultaneously. I mean, it is unbelievable. And I can tell you, if you're sitting in that front stretch grandstands, that is a roar because it bounces off the top of the roof and down. It's it, it's a sound that I, it's indescribable, to say the least. But thankfully, that we were able to uh, keep that from the Syracuse Mile because that, that grandstand held a lot of sound as well and bounced it up and down. So it's so cool that we get to have that even on Oswego. You know, the the one thing that we also took from the uh, Syracuse Miles, the weather is always a fun variable, you know, every year. You know, we, we, we had we had a meeting in the office a few weeks ago mm-hmm. talking about, you know, a survival kit and stuff because you need to dress for every form of weather. And it's oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember in 2019, I showed up. It was pretty warm. I actually had the flu. I don't remember that, Joe. If you remember that, Joe, we were rooming, but I was pretty much sick. Yeah. And so the first few days I was there, it was sweaty and warm. Was sick in bed a couple of days and came back out to winter time, and I was I was not prepared. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've walked outside and it was raining and cold and sunny, and I looked at whoever I was with and said, ah, it "Feels like dirt week." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean that that's just the thing. I, I mean I remember what, I think it was two years ago. You know, it was ninety degrees on Friday, or at least it felt like. And then Saturday night, I'm wearing a beanie in Victory Lane. Yeah, and I'm like, this this I can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I have a vivid memory of being in my motorhome and listening to hail bounce off of the roof, listening to the weather report on a scanner, and still thinking, I think we're going to race today, and we did. <laughs> oh, that, we did race. That is the other thing that's unique. We will get this show in. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to mention about this event for the late model guys that are listening, you know, mm. you're going to see some guys you've seen already this year, you know, Max McLaughlin, who ran with us at Orange County, right. same with Stuart Friesen, who's... You know, I can safely say might be the odds-on favorite to win the 200. I sure. think that's a safe bet at this point. But, you know, guys like Billy Decker, who used to run the series, Tim Fuller, who used to run the late mm-hmm. model series. But one name that's synonymous with Super Dirt Week, and Joe, I know you'll agree with this one 100%, McCready. Yeah. 
Tim McCready, of course, this is one of the things on his bucket list. He has not won, and he unfortunately won't be able to do this this year. But his father, Bob, has been a staple at Super Dirt Week in the past. This year, his brother, Jordan, will be behind the wheel for the 200 of a big block, and I believe a small block as well. And, you know, it just shows that name means a lot in the Northeast. Yeah. Well, in addition to to McCready, you know, Gary Ballou, I think I said his name right and everything. You did. That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a history with, um, I think Mark Richards worked on his car when they brought the Batmobile up there. I'm not sure that Mark worked on that car, but there's a lot of crossover between the Pennsylvania, West Virginia late model scene and the, the Northeast Big Block Modified, Super Dirt Week in particular. Yeah, and speaking of the Batmobile, sorry, excuse me, the Batmobile, um, that is the car that changed everything, and it did make its debut at Super Dirt Week. And uh, we raced, yeah. they were they were called, called the modified stock cars, and they were coupes uh, or some other uh, suitable chassis and car, and they threw big block engines out of um, wherever they could get them from uh, and tuned them up and made them race cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were all... They didn't. They all looked completely different from each other because they were putting them together from uh, junkyards. Once Blue came out with this fully fabricated uh, ground effects race car to go around the mile at at speeds that they don't go uh, any other racetrack, um, that it totally changed the game. The car mm-hmm. dominated. Um, unlike when you see something like this come out at uh, the Indy 500, uh, those cars that would be light years ahead of everybody else. They didn't finish the race. Uh, this car finished, so it was fast, it was reliable, and it changed the game. Uh, Kenny Weld, who built that car, right? Correct. And, and the, I mean, that guy was just ahead of the game in a lot of ways, um, <laughs> some that we won't get into. But the guy was, was a genius, and, and he was one of the early guys that saw how air affected cars in Cup and then also in IndyCar and said, hey, I can bring some of this to dirt. One of the names I didn't mention, too, in the crossover that I feel like because this is also the official podcast for Dirt Car as well, and sure. I don't mention is Buzzy Rudiman. Yes. I mean, he he won the first ever Super Dirt Week. Yep. So that's that's a big name. So just show the history in the crossover. It really is unbelievable how much both worlds collide here for this event, even though it's a Dirt Car, Super Dirt Car Series event. Sure. But, I mean, also the, the uh, Nostal Drink Sprint Car Series ran a, a few Super Dirt Weeks, right? Or at least were part of it, the, the precursor races or something? Yeah, something to that effect. If you look back at the programs um, from Super Dirt Week, half of it, almost half of it is dedicated to the sprint cars. and It was called the Super Nationals. And these are sprint cars. They were super modifieds uh, for a while. Uh, anything with a big wing and go fast, they were in, it was in this race. Uh, it was a it was, it was the uh, headliner of Saturday of Super Dirt Week. So this, you know, next year will be the 50th running. We have some pretty cool things in store for that. Um, but, you know, for you fans that can't make it to New York, it'll be live on Dirt Vision every night. Um, but if you're in the New York area, I think I'm pretty sure camping is sold out. I might be wrong on that, but you need to get out there. It's an amazing event. It's definitely worth the drive if you're even a couple hours away. 100%. I mean, I remember taking that four or five hour drive, getting up at six o'clock in the morning on, or four o'clock in the morning on qualifying day, getting there by 10 just in time. It, it, it was always a lot of fun because I came from Pl- the Plattsburgh area. Yeah. It's not close. And it's all, <laughs> Oswego was all back roads essentially too. At least when we were going to Syracuse, at least I hit 90 at one point. Yeah. But it's it's going to be weird flying up this time for me. Yeah. But I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, this is this is one of my favorite events for the year and, you know, 
it really helped me get my start here when you think about it. Joe, what would you say to a, a late model fan that lives a couple hours away f from Oswego that, like, why does he need to be there? Man, if, if 40 big blocks taking to the track for 200 laps, you know, doesn't, you know, move you. Um, it, it's, I don't know how to, how else to, to sort of explain um, the excitement of, of that moment. And the 200 lap race is totally unique. And I know in the late model world, you do have those long races, but extend that out you know, to twice as long and and you get twice to see strategies play out uh you get to see comers and goers the whole time um front to back flat tires from the back to the front i mean these are drivers that prepare all year long for this race and it is fifty thousand dollars to, to win um the whole purse in fact is unbelievable it is fifteen hundred dollars to take the green flag uh, so there is wow. a lot of money on the line with every position uh, to be gained and lost, and uh, you will feel it. Right, and we couldn't do that without great partners like like Napa and, and everybody that's involved up there to put on this show, Billy Whitaker, um, to put the money up for the purse to bring this event together because it, it's a lot. Like I said, we've got people up there now working on the grounds, and they'll be up there th through the end of the event, and then they have to tear it down. And uh, the the pride that goes into this event as a company internally – you know, the World of Outlaw series are our premier series, the sprint cars and the late models. But I, every ounce of energy people have available right now goes into Super Dirt Week to bring fans. You know, it's important to us as, as a company and as the, the culture of this company that that event carries on that legacy that was created at Syracuse and uh, and can keep it going on for another 50 years. I agree that the success of taking it from to the mile to, to Oswego, I mean, no one knew for sure. There was there were no guarantees that this was going to work, work out uh, as a, and at the time I was a fan in the media as a photographer. And you're just looking at how are they going to do this? And now that I'm inside it, um, I can see the the amount of effort that it took to make this happen is just monumental. And I'm so, and the, the momentum that it's built uh, since the, the first time at Oswego um, is you know, really hard to deny. And we're so excited to be moving to the next one. And this literally has to be the most anticipated Super Nerd Week because we didn't have one last year. So there's a lot of pent up um, energy for this event. And uh, it's really exciting that we're going to be taking that straight into the 50th because I think we're going to blow the doors off with that. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, as I said, this is this is my Super Bowl still. I know it, it doesn't seem right because we have a ton of late model events that are big. <laughs> yeah. And I just got back from the World 100 a couple weeks ago. But this is still my Super Bowl. And Super Dirt Week means more to me. You know, it, it's been a family thing. It's what, you know, I see my racing family in the Northeast. That's what's cool for me. I get to go back sure. and see Granite. I'll get to see him this weekend at Albany, Saratoga. But still, yeah. you know, it, this is this is a huge deal for people in the Northeast and everybody, like you said, internally in the company, too. You know, we this means a lot to us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's all hands on deck. I mean, it's the, if you walk around the office right now, there's piles of radios getting ready to get shipped up. I've got a bunch of stuff in the media tent getting gathered. Like, th this is big to us. So, so race fans at home. Like I said, if you're in the area, get a ticket. Go go up to Oswego. It's an amazing event. You will not regret it. The 200-lap race with 40 blocks on that track, the way it reverberates off of the stands is amazing. Um, viewers at home, you can watch every lap on Dirt Vision. It's going to be a cool broadcast. We, you know, we, we've Since the 2019, we've augmented our broadcast with pit reporting and things like that. So tune into Dirt Vision. 
Uh, Joe, any final thoughts? Just on the topic of Dirt Vision, um, we are going to be at uh, Oswego Speedway. Uh, we'll be at Brewerton Speedway and yeah. Oswego Speedway. So this is uh, an ambitious uh, schedule for Dirt Vision. I'm so excited that people are going to see every minute if they can't come out to the event. Um, so, yeah, that was the, that was one thing that I've been thinking about a lot going into uh you know, from the division perspective. Yeah, the, the, those guys are going to be running cable all over and, and <laughs> going to have to jam out to make it to another track in time for that broadcast. It's uh, it's going to be something, and uh, real proud to bring it to fans uh, the way we're going to do it this year. It's always good to hear from Joe. The Northeast guys really love their racing, and the Super Dirt uh, Car Series is uh, always great. A way to take it in as well when you're up there so autumn is in the air the pumpkins are in the patch and our friends at manscape are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming if you know what i'm saying make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package boys get ready for a cuffing season like no other ready to take the leap into fall with manscape join the two million men worldwide using manscape by going to manscape.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code stick signals 21 also store.worldofoutlaws.com has all your your gear there's a scent of fall in the air and it's getting a little fresher and cooler hoodies all that good stuff beanies and all that at the at store.worldofoutlaws.com if you can't be at future outlaw events dirt vision schedule pretty busy this week tuesday uh, you have millbridge speedway wednesday millbridge speedway friday you have aldora speedway with the world of outlaws nos energy drink sprint cars yep the greatest show on dirt at the big e also friday you got the williams grove speedway and Houston speedway switching gears to saturday night albany Sar- saratoga speedway uh, with the super dirt car series and then saturday as well you have learnerville speedway Houston speedway and then sunday Houston speedway as well so a lot of racing happening on Dirt Vision presented by Drydeen. If you don't have your Fast Pass, make sure to check it out. As with that, race fans, happy race week eve. Go support your local racetrack this weekend or watch something on Dirt Vision presented by Drydeen. Uh, head on down there, support your local tracks, and hey, get ready because the final two weekends of the year with the World of Outlaws are coming up, and we get ready to kick it off with the Mike Duvall Memorial next weekend. And Sonoya will break down all the news notes that we have on episode number 32 of next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we thank you all so much for stopping on by. Here to Stick Signals. Have a great week, everybody. 